Welcome to episode 68, my friend, of the Love Your People Well podcast. We are diving in today to one of the most common emotions that you struggle with. Now, yes, I, I realize I cannot I cannot entirely speak for you as an individual, but I know that this emotion is a huge issue in America, in women, in moms. And so I'm pretty confident, hopefully you don't struggle with it every day, but I'm pretty confident you've struggled with it at some point in time. And that emotion is anxiety. And for some of us, we might uh, feel more comfortable calling it worry. Sometimes it even shows up looking a little bit more like depression or fear. All of these emotions get tied up together uh, because they are very similar. And that's not really what we're digging into today is why are they similar? How are they similar? What we're going to talk about is the biblical approach to dealing with anxiety. What are practical steps that we can take for ourselves, but also for our family and our home environment to reduce the experience of anxiety and worry and fear? And yes, I'm going to use the word anxiety, but if there's a different one in there, that you think is maybe a little more representative for your particular family, you can simply just fill in that blank because everything that the Bible says about anxiety extends to some of these other very similar emotions. And we're going to get practical today, my friends. We're going to talk about not only why is it that so many of us struggle with anxiety, even though we have Christ, and then what do we do about it? The Bible speaks very specifically to this emotion. And so we're going to dive in and we're going to pull out the wisdom and the practical strategies that God recommends for us in dealing with anxiety. So whether this is going to be helpful for you personally, or maybe for your kids or a friend, someone that you know, I'm very confident is struggling with anxiety. And so I know that this conversation today will be helpful. And before we turn the corner and dive into what the Bible tells us about anxiety, I want to remind you that you still have a chance to enter the 10,000 download giveaway. Um, we are closing things up on March 2nd. So you're getting to the end of the line, my friends. I hope you're listening to this in real time. But if you haven't done it yet, make sure to leave a written review in Apple Podcast. Take a screenshot before you hit the, the share button because Apple takes forever sometimes to actually show up <laughs> with the review. So take that screenshot and then post the screenshot on social media, Instagram or Facebook, and tag me. My tag, or my, I always say my tag, my handle is love your people well, and that tag will be your entry into the giveaway. If you've entered some of our previous giveaways, you can do it again, my friend. If you don't want to leave another review in Apple Podcast, hop onto the Facebook page. You can leave a review there. Um, I know a lot of the podcast players don't let you leave written reviews, but Apple does, and it's a big one. So that is how you enter our 10,000 download giveaway. But I know what you're really thinking is, well, why should I, Jessica? What am I going to win if I'm the winner of the giveaway? And that, my friend, is a great question because you would win three things. First of all, you will win a free copy of whichever of the brand new Love Your People Well devotionals you're interested in. So we have a 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control, a 40-day devotional on communication in your marriage, 
We have a devotional workbook on finding your identity in Christ. And then we have two, if you'd want to hold out for a few more weeks, we have two that are going to launch very soon. One is a 40-day devotional on the ministry of motherhood. And the other is, again, a devotional workbook on resting in the promises of God. So it's good stuff. You can pick whichever one you want, and I will send you that digital devotional. And then you will also, in the mail, because who doesn't like receiving real mail, you're going to get a coffee gift card and a sweet, encouraging book called Grace. Wait, let me look at it, make sure I'm not getting it wrong. Oh, see, I got it wrong. God's Grace for Moms. God's Grace for Moms, filled with encouragement and scripture. All of that, my friend, will be yours if you are the winner. I will announce the winner on Friday, March 4th. So make sure that you get that um, get that written review in, take the screenshot, post it, tag me, and get your entry into the giveaway. Not only might you be the winner, but it is a huge encouragement to me and a blessing to this ministry to share your thoughts, to let us know, particularly to let me know, what is most helpful for you? How can I make sure these episodes are really hitting home and making an impact in your life and in your family? So I hope you will enter. I look forward to announcing your name. And right now, I look forward to diving into some practical steps for reducing anxiety in our own hearts, but also in our home. Let's dive in, friend. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. All right, friend, I am ready for this conversation about anxiety. I have got my hot cup of tea and it is delicious. And I've got my counselor hat on because, you know, I'll just give my disclaimer now. I'm a therapist. I talk about anxiety with people all the time. But of course, let's remember this podcast is not therapy. I'm not your therapist. This isn't personal or professional advice for you specifically and your family. Um, And make sure, of course, to check out the link in the podcast description if you are curious about connecting with a great Christ-centered mental health therapist. Because there are times where anxiety goes beyond the walls of what we as individuals or even with our, our own circle, our family, our friendships are equipped to deal with. It can be big, deep dangerous stuff. So if you think counseling would be helpful for you, definitely check out loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling. And that link again is in the um, description for this episode, uh, because that will have some helpful ideas and advice about how to find a great counselor. But let's start our conversation asking the question, why? Why is it that so many people struggle with anxiety? literally millions of people in the United States of America this year, I don't care if you're listening to this in real time or in the future, because it's probably the same number, approximately millions of people have a diagnosis of an anxiety disorder. And we're not necessarily talking today about that level of anxiety, of meeting all the criteria for getting a clinical diagnosis and all of that. But all of us 
at some time or another, we struggle with worry. We let our anxieties get the best of us, even Christians. And so we have to start with the question, why? Why is it that anxiety is such a common struggle? And I think there are a few reasons for this, one of which, specifically thinking about the diagnosable side of things, there can be real medical issues, physical issues going on that increase anxiety in our body. Sometimes our brains are not releasing the right hormones at the right time. So just like any other physical illness, there are times where anxiety issues are a physiological problem. Um, a biological problem. And that is a time when medical treatment can be particularly helpful. That's not something I do, um, at least here in the States. That's not something that a licensed counselor prescribes. You have to actually see a doctor or a psychiatrist. Um, But I have worked with many clients who not only are receiving kind of that traditional talk therapy, Um, but who also have found benefit from a medical treatment for their anxiety. So we do have to acknowledge we live in a broken world, and part of that brokenness is within our own bodies, just like any other physical illness. But there are certainly other issues going on that impact the majority of us. I don't think for the majority of us it's necessarily a medical issue, but for those of us struggling with anxiety, with worry, even with fear, we live in a troubled world. And there are real things, tangible things, important things in our life that make us feel anxious. We basically, I would say the things that we love have a high likelihood of making us feel some anxiety. We love our kids. So we worry about them. We want to keep them safe. We worry about their character and their development and who they're going to be when they grow up. Our marriage is important to us. And so sometimes we get anxious. We get worried. We we stress out about these things that are so important to us because we know that we don't have as much control as we think that we would like to have. And we know that we live in a troubled and broken world. So when we care about things, that tends to at least make it a little more likely that we might struggle with some anxiety. And that extends far beyond the walls of our home. If you're reading a lot of news or watching a lot of news or you're on social media frequently, you're probably going to struggle with higher levels of anxiety because there is a lot of brokenness out there. And we realize it can impact us and our people despite our best efforts. And even just saying that probably raises our worry level at least a little bit. And that is a big part for um, probably for you and for me, for a lot of the women I've worked with, that is a big part of our anxiety is trying to control things and caring about things, knowing that there's a lot of trouble and brokenness out there that we can't control and that is at some point going to impact us or the people that we love. And then the third answer to the question why that we need to be aware of is there is very much a spiritual component to anxiety. Now, this can sometimes enter into the realm of sin if we are doubting God or questioning God and doing that in a way that is not um, not mindful of and recognizant of and fearful of his authority and his control and his goodness. So sometimes sin is a part of that. But for all of us, 
even if it's just in that split moment when anxiety spikes and it might only last two minutes because you might handle it really well or it might last 20 minutes or it might last two hours or it might last two days or it might last two years. We don't know. However long that is for you, in that moment of time, whatever it is you're worrying about is bigger than God. And that is always a spiritual issue because it's not true. It's not accurate. And so especially when we're going through a season of spiritually just feeling dry, feeling disconnected from the Lord, uh, maybe we're disconnected from our church, we've been sick or we've been busy or, you know, we haven't been able to do our normal spiritual habits. All of those things can increase the likelihood of anxiety because we are feeling more distance from God. And I'm using the word feeling very intentionally because we are not actually more distant from God, but that emotional connection and that emotional experience is not as strong as it sometimes is. And we will dive into this particular issue um, in a big way in our Friday faith follow-up to this conversation we're going to have today. Today, we're really digging in into what the Bible says about how to handle anxiety Um, But a big part of that is building that trust in God, building that intimacy with the Lord. And we're going to dive into that more specifically on Friday in our follow-up conversation. So we have at least three reasons why anxiety is so common. There can be medical issues going on. There's the reality of trouble and brokenness, even for things we really, really care about, or maybe especially for things and people we really, really care about. And there's a spiritual component of experiencing, at least in that moment, some doubt about God or some distance from God that allows our worry to spike as our trust is, at least in that moment, lower. So with those things in mind, that does not, my friend, give us an excuse to sit and dwell in the emotion of anxiety the Bible talks frequently, I mean, many, many different times about how the, the reality is we don't need to worry. We don't need to be anxious. We can trust God. But I think one of the reasons the Bible speaks about it so frequently is because God knows how easily we struggle with this. He knows the weaknesses and the limitations of our human experience. And that's why, or that's at least part of why he talks about it a lot. And so we are going to dig in today. We're going to turn the corner away from the question of why and try to answer the question, what do we do? (laughs) So we maybe can't get rid of the anxiety on the front end. You know, we can do things that will influence it. We'll talk about that a little more on Friday. But when we notice that feeling, and hopefully we notice it quickly, not two years into the struggle, but two seconds, two minutes maybe is a little more realistic (laughs) into the struggle of anxiety. What do we do? God tells us very specifically in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. We see in this section of scripture, or at least I see, and this is what I work on in the counseling room with people, eight specific action steps that will help us manage that feeling of anxiety and reduce it. It will help us deal with it. And as we look at these eight steps that pull out from Philippians chapter 4, Um, We do want to be mindful that, again, sometimes this is you personally, your anxiety that you're trying to fight back on, and sometimes it's someone that you love. If you have a teenager in your home, odds are, statistically speaking, they're struggling with anxiety to some level or another. 
And there are plenty of toddlers and elementary school-aged kids also struggling with anxiety. People we know, people we love are struggling with this. So we want to not only think about how might I personally walk through these eight steps, but how can I also help someone that I love walk through these steps, remember these steps, turn back to God rather than giving into that emotion of anxiety. So before we break down this verse, these, well, these verses, this passage, I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's not too long. Uh, It's chapter four of Philippians verses four through nine. I'm going to read the whole thing. And then we're going to go back and pull out these specific action steps that we can take. So it starts with the word rejoice. And that's action step number one. But let's read through it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonable reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So this is the Apostle Paul writing a letter to the Philippian church. Um, So when he says, what you've seen me do, what you've learned from me, received from me, practice these things, That's the me. That's the Apostle Paul specifically saying, copy me as I follow God and we together will experience God's peace. So let's circle back to the beginning in verse four and let's pull out these eight practical steps that will help us manage and reduce anxiety. So the first action step that we see here is rejoice and specifically rejoice in the Lord. And that is most especially at the time when we have anxiety, when we have worry, when that is spiking, it is an intentional decision about our relationship with God. And I think this is for a lot of people, I can certainly say for me, I think this is the step that I skip over the most because you just kind of jump into like, okay, uh oh, I'm feeling anxious. What should I do? We need to start by praising God by reminding ourselves of the joy that we have in the Lord. And that one step alone, if we stop there, if I, if I recognize, ooh, Jessica, that's an anxious thought popping in your head, and I pause, and I instead focus that thought on something wonderful God has done for me, something true about God's character, if I remind myself of the joy that, that I have in God, and that God brings to my life, to this world, that one step alone is going to start fighting back on that anxiety because you simply cannot be filled with anxiety and filled with joy. Now, they might go back and forth really quickly, but at that exact moment, if we are rejoicing in the Lord, we are fighting that anxiety. But that has to be an intentional decision and that is a relational decision because if you have not really experienced a lot of joy with the Lord, it's going to be a lot harder to rejoice, especially when you're feeling anxious. 
So this is a time, like many of these other steps that we are about to walk through, when we really need to emphasize and build into, invest in our relationship with the Lord. And I know at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned some new devotionals that we have from Love Your People Well. Um, You can find all those online, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash devotionals. (laughs) Pretty original title there. Um, But you can also grab a free copy of The Holy Habits, which is our 45-day Bible and prayer challenge digging into 45 days of scripture and some very clear prompts about how to pray, how to talk to God. If you don't really feel like you've experienced the joy of following Jesus, that might be a really great place to start. So all these links are going to be in the show notes for today's episode. This is episode 68. And so the show notes will be at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 068. But that is our first action step. When you notice anxiety spiking, choose to rejoice in the Lord. And he says it twice. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And then we look at action step number two, which is be reasonable. What he says in the, I believe this is the NIV translation. I didn't write that down. So your specific Bible might have a slightly different word, but I'm sure that it means basically the same thing. be reasonable. The reality of an emotion like anxiety is that when it starts to go up, all of our emotional reactions kick in. We're not thinking as logically. We're not problem solving as effectively. We start to react emotionally. And typically, that's not very reasonable. (laughs) That is not the most reasonable way to approach a situation, a conflict, an interaction, a problem, whatever it might be that is raising our anxiety. So when you notice that anxiety spiking, pause long enough to try to change your thinking about the situation, to think it through, to go slowly enough in your reactions that instead of responding with emotion, you can respond reasonably. And that might mean saying, okay, pause, I need to go cool down or I need to deal with this. But hopefully, Um, If we notice it quickly enough, we can really just hit pause in our own heads and try to change our response, what we say or what we do, so that we're not responding out of emotion, but we are responding in a reasonable way. Action step number three, as we keep walking through this passage, it tells us in the next verse, verse six, do not be anxious about anything. Right before that, the end of verse five says the Lord is at hand. And I think we can connect these to see our next action step. Why is it that God would say, don't be anxious about anything? It's because the Lord is at hand and we don't need to be anxious about anything. We don't need to dwell there. We don't need to sit there for a while. We don't need to even walk down that road because whatever it is that's making us feel anxious, the Lord is at hand. God is here. He has got it. Now, we, we need to always be, I would say, realistic about the fact that sometimes the way God chooses to handle things does not match up with how we think he should handle things. He might handle things in a way that I feel really anxious about. I want to protect my kids and make sure they never get sick and they never get hurt and no one ever disappoints them. 
But I, I realize that's not going to be their life because that's no one's life. That is not how the Lord grows us and challenges us and matures us. But I don't need to be anxious about anything because the Lord is at hand. He loves my kids. He has my kids in the palm of his hand and he controls everything that happens. And so when you find yourself tempted toward responding to a situation with anxiety, it is particularly helpful to remind yourself the Lord is at hand. He is here. I, I might be feeling any number of ways about this situation, but it's not outside of God's control. And again, of course, that comes back to the trust factor of God. But it moves from here through the rest of the passage into what do we do instead? So he says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay, so what am I supposed to do? (laughs) We cannot just will ourselves to not feel anxious. We can't control our emotions in that way. Um, Probably have a whole different episode about that conversation. What you can control is your thoughts to move them in a particular direction and your actions. And both of those will influence your emotional experience. So when he says, do not be anxious about anything, he then goes on to say, but in everything, do this. So let's, let's talk through what those things are. So let's recap so far. We've hit on rejoice in the Lord as an intentional decision. Be reasonable and try to watch your reaction to things. So you're not reacting emotionally, but you're reacting with a reasonable, uh, more logical approach. Remember, remind yourself that the Lord is at hand. That is ultimately why we don't need to be anxious. And then he goes on our action step number four. We're going to have to break this down because he kind of jumbles a few things together. (laughs) What it says in the scripture is in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we see, uh, I believe, three specific action steps here within step number four. The first is prayer and supplication. So what does that mean? That means we're taking whatever it is that's making us anxious, we're taking it to God with humility. Supplication is a word we don't really use a whole lot in our modern culture, but it ultimately means bowing before God, recognizing he is bigger than whatever it is that I'm bringing to him. So when you notice that anxiety, lay it before the Lord take it to him. He is bigger than you. He is bigger than your problem. He already knows about it. He's in complete control. So in everything by prayer and supplication, take everything to God. And then it goes on to say with thanksgiving. So we do see a specific action step here to be grateful, to choose to focus on the good things God has done for us and is currently doing for us, we cannot let our anxiety steal away the reality of the good blessings that we have. And this, I'm just going to pause here because of the incredible power of gratitude. I already mentioned when we think about rejoicing, how that's a change in our thought process. Instead of thinking about the thing that's making me anxious, I'm going to choose to focus on joy to praise God, to enjoy God. And we do the same thing with gratitude. Instead of thinking about the thing I'm not grateful for because it's making me anxious, I'm going to focus on the things that I am thankful for. So when we come to God, we take everything before him, talk it out, just lay it before him, trust that he's bigger than whatever it is. 
we remember and we give thanks for the good things that we still have in our life. And then it says, let your requests be made known to God. My friend, is probably the most straightforward part of it all. And yet sometimes we really shy away from it. We just need to tell God what we want and what we need. Now, of course, sometimes we think we need something that God would say, "Mm, no, my answer to that is going to be no for a very good reason. But he wants us to come to him and communicate, to just tell him honestly and vulnerably, this is making me anxious. I am still really thankful for all these other things, but please, God, I want you to dot, 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 fill in the blank. I want you to protect my kids. I want you to help this situation that's going on at work. I want you to provide a job for my family. Whatever it is, it might be big, it might be small. Sometimes we think, well, of course he already knows about it, or I need to ask for the quote unquote right thing. No, we just need to go to God and be honest with him. That is ultimately what this kind of action step number four is highlighting in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So go to God, talk it out, recognize who he is, that he's bigger, that he's in control, that he is good. Be thankful and be honest. Tell him what you want, what those requests are. And now we move forward and we see the promise of God. It says in verse 7, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, why would I say this is an action step? Um, Because it's really something that we have to hold firm to. We have to remind ourselves of. The action step here for us is recognizing that when we follow all of these steps, the situation doesn't necessarily change. Yes, God might change the situation. He might step in and give your husband that job. He might step in and remove the bully from your kid's third grade class, like he might step in and change it. But what he definitely will do is guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He will give you his peace. And sometimes we get so stuck on looking for the thing to change, the problem to change, that we shut ourselves off from the actual promise of God that when we bring him our anxiety, he will bring us peace. He will give us peace. He will change our heart, change our mind. He will guard them so that the anxiety will start to reduce rather than build. And of course, this is all an ongoing process. It is not a one-time walk through the checklist and then boom, my anxiety is gone. For most of us, it's an ongoing, repetitive process. But as we trust in God enough to walk through the steps, we can trust he's going to fill us with his peace. So that's more an action step of reminding ourselves of that truth and standing firm on his goodness, not necessarily the thing that we think we want him to do. And then we see in verses eight, not verses, just the one verse, in verse eight, we see the power of our next action step, which is that we need to think about things that are, basically I would summarize this, think about things that are good, think about things that are true. And we obviously can't only say true because yes, it is true that horrible things happen in the world, but are those things honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise? Of course not. And when we're thinking anxious thoughts, 
thoughts that build that emotion of anxiety, those are never thoughts that would meet all of these criteria. They might be true in some ways. They might be uh, commendable in some ways. I love my kid. I'm worrying about my kid. Of course I am. I'm a good mom. But that worry is not actually pure. It's not lovely. It's not excellent. It's not worthy of praise. And so taking control of our thought process there to notice the anxious thought and replace it with something that is true and honorable and lovely and worthy of praise, that is a huge action step that helps fight back against anxiety. And we do have some previous episodes on the podcast about how to take our thoughts captive to Christ in that way. So I will make sure to link to those in the show notes, which again is at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 068. Because I know it's easy enough to say, think about things that are good and true and beautiful. It's a lot harder to actually do it. I fully recognize that. That's why we've dug into that topic already in a few different situations. But my friend, we still have two more action steps. We move forward here into verse 9, and we see the action step of following people who are trustworthy and who point you to Jesus. So when we're dealing with anxiety, it is so important that we don't try to walk that road alone. We need to have trustworthy people, mentors or pastors or different people who point us to Christ and practice the things that they practice. This is particularly helpful, I think, when we are struggling with anxiety because we, we can get lost in our own emotions. Our thinking about the situation might not be the most logical or accurate or helpful. But if we're following someone else's footsteps, we're a lot more likely to walk the right path. So we need that fellowship. We need to know who is it that I'm going to follow at this moment when I might not be making the best decisions. And then action step number eight is that we continue walking forward in the situation with God. It says that at the very end here of verse nine, and the God of peace will be with you. Where again, it doesn't mean the situation is changing, but it doesn't mean we have, we have uh, an allowance from the Lord to just sit in our room and feel anxious all day and shut ourselves off from the world. That's not how he wants us to live. He wants us to move forward in our life, in whatever is going on, with him close to us, pressing into the Lord rather than pressing into our anxiety. So let's go ahead and recap these eight steps that we see from Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. And then, like I said before, in our Friday faith follow-up, we are going to dig a little more into that spiritual element of how do we build that trust in God? How do we build that confidence that I don't need to be anxious because the Lord is at hand. He's got this. He's good. How do we do that piece of things in our everyday lives, even when we're not feeling anxious? But let's recap these eight steps. So we have a call to make the intentional decision to rejoice in the Lord. Number two, we need to be reasonable and not get sucked into emotional, re- emotional reactions to things. Number three, remember and remind ourselves that the Lord is at hand. And that is why we don't need to be anxious. Whatever's going on, ultimately, God's got it. And that's what we need to focus on. And then we have our action step about basically take it to God. Take it in prayer and supplication to God. Take it with thanksgiving 
to God. Take your requests to God. Be honest with him about what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you want. Have that conversation with him. And then number five, remind yourself, stand firm on the reality that the peace of God, that guarding of your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, that is what the Lord has promised you. He has not promised that your situation will change. He has promised his peace. Number six, focus your thoughts on things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Number seven, don't do it alone, my friend. Follow people who are trustworthy. Practice the things they practice. And number eight, continue walking forward, moving forward with God. He is with you. And again, we have numerous resources from Love Your People Well to help you deepen that walk with the Lord. We have the free Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. We have a new line of devotionals to help you dig into specific topics in God's Word. Um, So all of those resources are on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 068. You will find all the resources specifically for our conversation today about anxiety. But my friend, that is all I have for us today. We will be back on Friday to look at building that intimacy with Jesus. And let me just give you one more reminder, because by Friday, it'll be too late. Don't forget to get your review of the podcast in, take a screenshot, post it online and tag me at Love Your People Well, so that you can be entered into our 10,000 download giveaway. I am super excited about it. I love getting your reviews, your feedback, your encouragement. It is such a blessing and helpful because it helps me know what direction we should take things. So make sure to get that in, enter the giveaway, and friend, we will be back on Friday. All right, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at Love Your People Well.